Across Gaza, there's widespread destruction as Israel's military has continued to pound targets from the air. It says it's preparing unrelenting attacks to dismantle Hamas. But most of the more than 5,000 Palestinians who've been killed are civilians. The United Nations says 20 lorries of aid entered via the Rafah crossing yesterday with food, water and medicine, but no desperately needed fuel to power hospitals and pump water. It's estimated that 1.4 million people are homeless, including the Abwasi family, who are originally from Blackpool, speaking here at the Rafa crossing. We had to run from our house in the middle of the night and many buildings near us have been bombed and that. And one night we had to run to the hospital because um, we, f we heard the noise in the street and we thought the house across from us was going to get bombed. And now we're just here today waiting for the Rafa crossing to open, inshallah. The release of two more Israeli hostages, the third and fourth in three days, gives just a glimmer of hope that international mediators can achieve more. Yolande Nell, BBC News, Jerusalem. Well, for more on developments in the region, let's go live now to our correspondent, Hugo Bachega, who's in southern Lebanon. And Hugo, we have the French president, Emmanuel Macron, arriving in Tel Aviv this morning. Visits like this do send a message to actors who might want to get involved in this conflict. I'm speaking about Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, where you are. What kind of a message does it send to, to Hezbollah? Yeah, Catherine. So I think uh, a number of Western officials have warned Hezbollah and also Iran, which backs groups across the region, uh, against any kind of escalation in this conflict. So I'm here in southern Lebanon near the Lebanese-Israeli border. So a lot of attention has been on this uh, part of the region because of these cross-border attacks that have been happening uh, between Hezbollah and uh, Palestinian factions here in Lebanon and the Israeli army. And I think, again, and perhaps uh, we're going to hear a message from uh, the French president later today warning uh, different players, groups, countries in the region against any kind of escalation. And it's interesting that uh, yesterday, again, American officials raised their concerns about the possibility of an escalation of violence across the region. Uh, John Kirby, the White House national security spokesman, said that uh, the Biden administration was deeply concerned about the potential for any significant escalation of attacks in recent days and uh, we've been talking about Hezbollah in the last few days but it's very interesting and very important to say that there have been a number of incidents uh, across the Middle East in recent days uh, in Syria in Iraq um, bases housing uh, American soldiers have been uh, targeted uh, in drones uh, in drone and rocket attacks and uh, and I think the suspicion here and the accusation actually that was made yesterday by Mr Kirby is that Iran is encouraging those groups and uh, actively facilitating uh, some of those attacks. So the concern, uh, obviously, is that uh, there could be an escalation in those attacks being carried out by groups all across the region. And Hugo, over the weekend, Israel carried out one of its biggest airstrikes on southern Lebanon since this conflict began. Where do things stand at the moment in terms of the cross-border skirmishes we've been seeing where you are? 
So uh, the last week saw uh, an intensification of those uh, attacks and uh, the situation is obviously very tense here. Uh, yesterday we visited some villages along the border. Uh, many residents have left. Uh, one of those villages was completely deserted. So that gives you a sense of how concerned uh, people are on this side of the border. And uh, yesterday I think we had a figure of 19,000 residents who've left. That was a figure that was uh, released by the international organization for migration. So uh, many residents are fleeing uh, some of those border villages. Many people still remember the devastation brought by the 2006 war between Hezbollah and Israel. So again, I think many fear that history might be repeating itself. Thank you very much. That's our correspondent in southern Lebanon, Hugo Bachega. Well, let's go live now to Anna Foster, who's in northern Israel. And Anna, over the last few days, you've been speaking to families who have hostages, members of their family who are held hostage in Gaza. What has been the reaction to the release of Yokaved and Nurit last night? That's right, Catherine. I think what you see here in Israel is a, a strong grouping of those families who have, have lost loved ones, who saw them taken away to, to Gaza. More than 200, we know, hostages of different nationalities, many of them Israeli, are still being held in Gaza. Um, I think every time there is a, a hostage relief, uh, release, there is hope. Yesterday, there was a lot of talk about whether or not there was going to be a larger hostage release. Um, there were discussions about whether as many as 50 hostages could be released by Hamas. Now, that was never confirmed. It was always something that was being um, discussed in the background and, and speculated on. And of course, when those moments happen, you know, the families, they hope beyond hope, don't they, that their, their loved ones who they haven't heard from for more than two weeks now uh, might be among those groups. But it seems to be happening still in very limited numbers. We know there's a lot of diplomatic work happening behind the scenes to try and ensure those hostage releases. Uh, we know that from Hamas's point of view, it serves them to, to keep hostages because that is one of the things that could continue a delay of a, a possible uh, Israeli ground offensive, you know, the concern that hostages may be killed or injured in that. But in terms of the families, you know, they are having an enormously difficult time at the moment. There is very little information that is coming out about uh, the missing. And, you know, as every day goes on, I mean, one family that I, I'd um, spent some time with, you know, it was their, their daughter's funeral, their 18-year-old daughter was shot dead by Hamas during those attacks and they had to bury her just a couple of days ago and her father, who's been taken hostage, was not there for that moment that was so difficult for the whole family. Um, and there are stories, many, many stories like that. I think that's what people are focusing a lot on right now. And Anna, with each hostage release that we've seen, very few, four of them in the past week, it does put a spotlight on the other 200 people who are being held in Gaza. And the pressure has been put towards the government in Israel to make sure that those more than 200 people remain safe during any kind of operation. What have we been hearing from the Israeli government about how they're going to handle this delicate situation? Well, the Israeli government say that they are supporting the families of these hostages. But of course, you know, the, the military operation that they are looking at carrying out, the fact that there are hostages inside Gaza, they don't know the locations of those hostages. There is every chance that they will have been 
split into different places. We know that there are tunnels underneath Gaza that are used by Hamas. It's possible that they are holding people underground or, or you know, in buildings where they may be storing weapons. There are so many factors to be taken into account. And doubtless the Israeli military, when they are making their plans for the next stage, will be considering all of those things. And then simultaneously you have you know, the diplomatic discussions that are going on. The Israeli government, but also the Americans, the US government have been getting involved in these negotiations. And Qatar as well, a big diplomatic player in the Middle East region, have also been involved in those talks. You know, some of um, Hamas's senior leadership are based in Qatar. So that has been a, a big part of what's going on as well. You know, the, the diplomatic work on one side and on the other side, you know, there's considerations about how a potential ground offensive could happen when there are still, as you rightly say, so many hostages, more than 200, being held inside Gaza.